The Metal Mentality Podcast is brought to you in partnership with AM300 and The Phoenix Project. For more information on both, check out am300.com slash metal. It's time for you to be the you that you know you can be and define your metal. My name is Preston Yule, and I'm the host of the Metal Mentality Podcast. I'm a husband, a father, and American soldier. Changing the lives of others has become my passion. What is metal? It's your strength of character that you rely on to endure hardship. It's your grit. Our mission is to teach you to consistently believe in your ability to endure hardship in a courageous manner. Together we'll learn from some dedicated, passionate, metal-minded individuals who define themselves by their grit and their graduation from suffering. Be metal. Stay metal. Hey, welcome to the show, everybody. This is Metal Mentality. I'm your host, Preston Yule. It is a new year, a new you, and I want to help you start 2020 out with a bang and help you go all in this year. This is why today I have a very special guest, and I'm releasing this bonus episode for you guys. This is an episode all about making and staying committed to your new year goals. It's my pleasure to introduce today's incredible guest, the one, the only, the notorious Airborne Unicorn, Captain Stephanie Worth. Stephanie, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Preston. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. No, so. the pleasure's all mine, really. The, the fact that you're willing to take time out of your day and set your kids in the room as we were just talking before. <laughs> <laughs> to set time aside for what I'm doing it means a lot to me. I, I'm truly humbled by it. Yeah, so well, thank the, you. Well, the first question I have, and I, I, as we were talking before your introduction, um, and I've been holding off on this because I don't know the story and I want to hear it. Where does the nickname or the name Airborne Unicorn come from? Yeah, well, definitely. Um, so yeah, that's a great place to start. But first of all, so obviously I'm active duty army and everything we're talking about today is, you know, just my own personal opinion, my own personal words, nothing, you know, it doesn't reflect or represent the DOD or the army. So this is just me talking. And honestly, so Airborne Unicorn um, has been, kind of like a nickname that's been kicked around from the time that I was in um, third group at Fort Bragg and my time in company command there. Um, so I was a, you know, before I took that job, I had never, you know, um, been, I didn't go to airborne school. I like did all these, you know, kind of like leg as we would say things where you would just, you know, I was like, I don't need to go to school. Like I'm just going to do my job and I don't need any of that. And then I got offered this really amazing job at third group to be a company commander there. And I was, they were like, well, you have to go to airborne school. And if you want to command a company, you have to be a jump master. So I was like, man, that sounds really challenging. Um, so I was like, I'm going to, commit and spend, you know, the time required. So I went to airborne school and, you know, anyone that has gone will tell you, it's not really hard. You just like do what you're told. Like they're like, you fall down and you're like, yes, I will fall down. So I did it. I made it through um, all that and showed up at their group. And they were like, if you want to command this company, you need to be a jump master. So you have to do a certain number of jumps and all that to like get to this point. So I was out chasing jumps the whole time I was working in the S3 shop, you know, like out chasing jumps on every jump I could be on. And, but I didn't let it like change me. I was like, I'm not going to be one of those people that like drinks the Kool-Aid and is like, you know, changed by the army. It's right. I'm going to stay who I am. So 
um, you know, I'm, I'm girly, I'm feminine, I'm silly. You know, I like to joke around with people. I like to, you know, just kind of like get to know everyone. So mm -hmm. I would be standing in the line of like all of these paratroopers and just still be myself. And mm -hmm. so I kind of got stuck with, I don't even know where it came from airborne unicorn of like, I can be airborne and do those things, but it's not going to change who I am like as a person. So so I had a couple of theories on what, how you got this name. I imagine it was something along that. So there's this guy, he's, he's like a math teacher. Something. He has a big graph up on the board and he calls it the crazy hot matrix. And it's on one side, it's how hot a girl is. And then on the, on the X and then the Y is how crazy she is. Oh, and yeah, basically it's the, the hotter she is, the crazier she is. Yeah. That was right. <laughs> and all women are crazy. So they automatically start at a five <laughs> and it's totally sexist. But it's, it's right. Funny. And so he says, if they're over an eight, um, that that's the unicorn. <laughs> so that's kind of how I imagine it's like, you're just so awesome. And then like, he just called you the unicorn. Because oh yeah. You no. don't exist. That, that's where I thought it came from. And, Cause they're so awesome. Like to play video games. They like watching football with these. That's the unicorn, but it also might be a guy. So make sure you know. <laughs> no, that's nice. It was just like, there's very few people that are like, they, uh, you know, work in fashion and like one of my, like I have several really good friends that work in fashion and are models and do fashion design and all that. So I still, you know, I find that like super fascinating, but I also jump out of airplanes like for my job. Yeah, so you're, it's just you're the unicorn. Marking. I don't jump out of airplanes. Yeah. <laughs> No, thanks. Like, well, if the I, army told you to, you would though, probably like, so just I'd probably break my legs. The army, the army ages you times two. So oh, I'm, I just turned 35. So I'm really like 70. And actually yeah, I, funny story. I went, I was having foot pain and I went to a podiatrist and they did x-rays and everything on my feet. And he looked at my feet and this was like three or four years ago. And he said, you have the feet of a 70 year old geriatric. How? Yeah. And I said, oh, I'm in the army. And he's like, oh. <laughs> so there's some truth to that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I just actually this past summer had surgery on both my feet for like multiple years of stress fractures. Like yeah. they basically, they were like, your feet are just like flat and spreading mm -hmm. apart. Probably need to get that fixed. Like if you want to be able to run when you're 40. And I was like, I would appreciate that. I would like to be able to run when I'm 40. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I had surgery on both of my feet twice. So yeah. We can, that'd be another podcast. We'll talk about enduring foot pain surgery. <laughs> like high five boots. Like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, one of the questions I want to ask you, what is your closet passion? What is the thing you're passionate about that you just keep stuffed away that you, maybe you're a little bit embarrassed about? Oh man. So that's, yeah, that's a really, so that's a good question. And honestly, my husband and I have this like talk all the time. Cause he's like, the army is not forever. Like after you retire or the army is done with you, what do you want to do? You know, cause you have to give up a, like a lot of those things at a certain mm -hmm. point. And I, you know, um, before I joined the army, I explored kind of all these things that I was, I was like, maybe it's this, maybe that's what I'm passionate about. And I really think like at this point, it honestly is just being able to talk, like just have great conversation with people and help others sort of achieve what they're looking for. Like the happiest I ever am is when I can be like mama bear, be like, I helped you like achieve that thing. And so that's honestly what like sets my soul on fire. Like when someone like brings me something, they're like, I want to do this. I want to make this happen. And we make it happen. Like we come up with a plan. We come up with steps to like how we're going to get there. And then, you know, we work on what are we giving up to achieve that goal? And we get there. That's, that's it. And that's hard to like quantify. That's hard to be like, well, it's fitness. It's, you know, it's fashion, it's movies. It's one of those things. It's not that it's the ability to have someone tell me what they want 
and then we come up with a plan and they achieve it. That's what I love. What gets me out of bed in the morning. I'm trying to contain my excitement right now because I didn't know this about you before <laughs> we agreed to, you agreed to come on and do this, this show. Yeah. And, uh, I'm like, I'm like jumping up and down inside oh, right now awesome. because, because yeah. that's that I totally resonate with that, that, um, helping people is it, it's who I am. Yeah. And I don't mean to talk about me and say, how awesome oh, no, I'm, because I'm not awesome. I'm mediocre. And uh, every once in a while I do great things, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Own it. Like, <laughs> yeah, imposter syndrome is real. Like, own I, it. <laughs> oh, it is. I, yeah. I am not, it's funny. Uh, I won't get into that, but <laughs> No, I, I am, I have compassion for people. And as you're talking about that, that, that's the word that keeps coming in my mind is compassion that you see someone struggling and they're suffering or they want to achieve something and you're compelled to help them. Yeah. Is that accurate? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Did we we just become best friends? Because I think we just became best friends. (laughs) (laughs) We got the bunk beds. There's so much room for activities. There's (laughs) so much room for activities in here. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. So my next question for you is, is a little bit more serious. And, um, but I think it's really important that people know this about you. And that is, um, what is your opinion on Bigfoot? <laughs> I feel like he's out there, you know, like someone will find him. He's out there. <laughs> okay. I, I like yeah. That. I've been on weird camping trips. I don't know. Like where you're just like, there's something out here. Something's watching. Hey, you me. feel like you're but, being yeah. watched or right. something. Yeah. Yeah. Just, I mean, it's probably just like the people in the next campsite that are like walking by, but you know, <laughs> they just stop and stare. Right. But <laughs> What's midnight. going on over here? Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that answer. There's got to be something out there. Right. So I, I, you know, one of the guests that I had on the show, his answer was, I, I have no evidence to say that there's not. Right. Yeah. You can't disprove it. So yeah. So you'll never be able to you got to consider it as a possibility. Yeah. Yep. So the name of this show is, is, Metal mentality. Um, metal mentality is something I define as consistently believing in your ability to endure hardship with fortitude. So I want to ask you, what does metal mentality mean to you? And what does that look like? So when you, um, you kind of sent me like the read ahead for this, I was, you said that and I like in there and I was like, man, you know who that sounds like? It's sort of like a riff off of the idea that um, like Brene Brown had of you have like the soft front that is like kind of open and inviting, but then you have this like hard back, you know, sort of at the end of the day. So you have this like idea that, you know, you kind of open to possibilities, you're open to like whatever's going to happen, you know, just kind of like continually challenging yourself. But at the end of the day, like you have a hard spine that holds up and is you know, like able to embrace whatever that challenge is. So that was initially what I thought of when you had talked about that. And I was like, man, that sounds like a lot like something Brene Brown talks about, like that idea of like being soft and approachable and just open for adventure, but able to stand up to sort of any challenge that comes your way once you've made yourself vulnerable and open. So I was super, I was super impressed with that. And that was honestly what drove me to be like, I need to make it on this podcast. I need to be able to chat with him because that's really cool. Yeah, you need to make yeah. it. <laughs> like I'm the one that came to you. Yeah. So. <laughs> you made yeah. it. <laughs> Your answer is good enough. Yeah. We will use this episode. Yeah. No, I, I'm, Brene Brown is incredible. Um, I haven't studied a whole lot about her, but what she's done is this, what she's doing is just awesome. And she's going to be on this podcast. She just doesn't know it yet. 
And uh, I don't know when that's going to be, but it's going to happen. Heck yeah. Like, <laughs> but, yeah, she totally would. Like it just, it's, it fits right in yeah. sort of with that idea, yeah. you know? Oh, um, that's cool. I yeah. never thought of yeah. that. I'm actually, I just started reading a book by her. But one of the things I read the other night in her, one of her books was she says, you can't, we cannot give the things to our children that we don't have talking about those life skills. And Absolutely. I looked at that and I was like, I looked back at my life and like growing up, I'm like, Oh, my mom was trying, but she didn't know how to teach me that. Yeah. And so those, there, there's things that like I need to learn that I don't, I didn't get at an early age mm. so that my children don't struggle with the same things that I struggled with. Absolutely. And that's kind of what one, the self-serving purpose of this podcast is I, I all the things we're talking about are things that I want to learn about. Yeah. And because that's, I feel like it's important. And I also look back on times when I was really suffering and I felt completely hopeless in my life. And these are the things that I just got a very surface level understanding of that helped me have hope. Mm. And so it's, this is a process. It's not learning about these things. You don't just read the book and you're done. You've got really got to dig deep. And so that's the whole purpose of this is I want to help people dig deep so that they can believe in themselves and know that they matter and that they have value and just alleviate a little bit of that suffering. Definitely. And I appreciate that so much. So um, I'll tell you too, I lost, since I've been in the army, two very close friends to suicide, just nobody saw it coming, you know? So both times just nobody saw it coming. And I was like, I'd been through this, you know, with the second time I was like, I'd been through this once and there's, you know, it, you have no idea what people are going through, the interactions that you have, but if, yeah, any, the, what you put out there, what you create, or you don't know who you're helping because at the end of the day, like you definitely are. Like if you put something out there that's positive, that gives someone like something like a great jumping off point to, you know, start a journey to help themselves. It's really important. So it is everything that we do. um, It's going to leave an impression on somebody. I mean, whether, I mean, just going to the gas station, right. And you go in and you get a drink or you pay for your gas or whatever the way that you interact with that, that cashier, you may say something to make them have a, a just a small, Hey, you look, nice hair. I don't know, whatever it is. And, and that might just be enough for them to say, like, Oh, okay. Maybe I don't want to kill myself. Yeah. Like maybe, I ha- maybe, Oh, maybe there is someone that's that believes in me. Right. Yep. So, it, and I think that's what character really is, is the way it's how you treat other people who can do nothing for you. Yeah. Definitely. It's getting past that sort of like transactional, you know, like, what can you do for me? If you can't do anything for me, I don't want to work with you and just be open. Like, like we talked about like that soft sort of front, like you're like, I'm up for whatever this is. Like that's life, you know, too. And when you shut yourself off from that, you're just, you're missing out on so much. And so, you know, I try to make so much time to like, be open and available to people, you know, but you have, you, you have to take care of yourself too, obviously, you know, um, but just that ability to just be like open to whatever, you know, sort of comes your way and to be able to like experience and live your life because you do, you don't know what effect you have on somebody else's life. It's really yeah. very profound. Yeah. You know? So that, that kind of leads me into what, what you're about, right? So tell us a little about yourself. So let's talk about a little bit. You were, you've been in the army for 11 years active duty, right? 10 this year. Yeah. This is 10. 10. So I'm on my 11th year, I guess. So yeah. 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 That sounds sounds old. 
I've been yeah. in 11 years. So <laughs> yeah. I'm like, hey, I'm like 55% yeah. done. Yeah, <laughs> like yep. I'm on that downhill. <laughs> right. You, so, yeah. you, know? you pass the like peak. You're on the way down. Yeah, and my yep. feet show for it, right, guy? Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, yeah. but <laughs> so it's something we have in common there. Yeah. But uh, you're passionate about fitness and mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Where does that passion come from, and what are you doing with that passion? Yeah. So the fitness piece um, honestly comes from my own journey of the last, you know. 10, 11 years being in the army and just sort of never as a kid being like, I need to worry about fitness or it's something that I need to like focus on. I was just like, you know, if I'm, if I'm playing a sport, I'll just, you know, uh, work out at practice and that'll be enough. And, you know, I can, I'll just, you know, if I can't fit in my clothes anymore, I'll just like eat a little less so I can like fit in my clothes and had really no knowledge or like understanding of what, fitness was, what eating healthy was, what like, you know, like preservatives are bad, organic is good, or, you know, like any of those things that I just didn't really have that experience growing up. I was just like, oh, I'll just do whatever. And then as an adult, and then, and then later as an army officer and a mom and, you know, a wife and providing for my family, wanting to create sort of, um, you know, like a better childhood for my kids than I had and a better relationship with food and with fitness. So what I started was just kind of capturing everything I learned. I would journal and I would write down like my workout routines. I was like, why am I not doing anything with this? Like this, I think could be really beneficial. People won't have to like struggle like I did if I can provide that to someone, you know? Um, so I started, uh, a year ago, I got certified as a personal trainer and I was like, I'm going to just figure out how to share sort of that journey. And I worked for a little bit for um, a previous battalion XO. Um, I helped him, who was also a personal trainer, you know, sort of helped him start his business and start his company. And then I was like, you know what? Like, I want to help women. I just, I'm more passionate about that. Like, uh, no offense, but like men have so, such you know, sort of like a corner on that market, you know, like you, oh, can yeah, go into, totally. you can go into a gym and even if you have no idea what you're doing, you can be like, I can figure it out, you know, or, but women, it's seriously hard to like make themselves vulnerable. And then sort of during that process, my first couple clients, the first few that I started working with, um, were eating disorder, uh, you know, in recovery from eating disorders and trauma survivors and people that you wouldn't expect would be like, Hey, I need a personal trainer. But they were like, I think fitness could help me like mentally. And I think that your journey is a little bit different because I was like, it's not about, you know, like looking a certain way or, you know, having like a six, six pack abs. It's about having a great relationship with food and with fitness in a way that your body does what you need to do to achieve your goals. So having that goal-based approach versus, you know, sort of just like transactional, like we talked about, like surface value, like I'm going to, do bicep curls because I want bigger biceps, you know, for like when I go out on the weekends versus like having goal-based fitness to help you achieve your actual results that you want. So that's sort of what got me on this, like, that's how I started, like sort of in this journey of fitness. And honestly, the reason that I started doing all of that was after company command, when I had, you know, spent time helping my soldiers and my uh, leaders within my company come up with fitness plans and how we're going to, um, you know, like work out as a company versus individual goals. Um, I was like, I just 
miss it. And I miss having that impact on people's lives. How can I figure out a way to get that impact back? So that's honestly what kickstarted all of that. Well, it's freaking awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Empowering individuals is awesome, but empowering people who, how do I say this? Um, have been oppressed by society at times. But women, they, they, there's a bit of a feminist bone in me uh, that because I have daughters and I yeah. want them to know like, no, just because someone says you can't do it, if you put the work in, you can do whatever you want. Heck yeah. I mean, obviously, I mean okay, maybe you don't have the athletic ability to go play in the NBA, right? Right. But you can find that thing that's important to you, that passion, and you can be the best at it. Whatever yeah. you decide, you absolutely. And I think the way what you're doing is empowering people to understand that that's a possibility for them, these women. Yeah. And I think that's really awesome. So when, when my wife uh, hears this episode, I'm going to show this to her when I get home, she's going to be like in love with you. <laughs> she's all about empowering women too. Yeah, the bunk beds, like there's room for yeah. like activities. We'll make a triple decker. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so what's what what are some of the internal struggles maybe some of the the insecurities that you had to overcome to get to where you're at right now oh man so yeah like we talked about earlier like imposter syndrome is real like you're like is this really like up to me right now you know and so honestly like the entire time that uh i've been in the army i have to i've struggled with that like you're like am i really the person that is making this decision like am i leading this team am i like Am I really that person? Because you have to sort of project this, you know, leadership mentality of just rock solid, like hard, like we talked about, like hardback, like I can carry this for you because really I, you can, you know, like you, you can, but I've, yeah, definitely struggled really heavily with imposter syndrome. The person that you project is not the person that you really feel like on the inside. And honestly, every, yeah. Every leader that I've talked to that I've been vulnerable to like share that with them has been like, oh yeah, I feel like that all the time. But I think that that is one of the things that if we could just sort of be like to own that and be like, as a, you know, like sort of as an army, as a society to like own that and just be like, I don't feel like I'm the right person to do this, but I'm going to figure out a way like to do it. We'd be so much more <laughs> powerful, honestly, like yeah. just at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, that's honestly, that's my biggest struggle is like to like make the voice in my head that's like, you don't belong here. You know, it's all men at the table or it's all, you know, people that have shot back in combat. And, and you know, when I was in third group, like I was like, it's all Green Berets in this meeting. And then- yeah, So let's know. talk about what third group is. It's a special forces unit. So yeah. I wanted to tell you that the fact that you are a female officer who became company commander for a special forces company for special forces so it was, it's like it was, super hardcore like, yeah, like thanks, you you are yeah. more hardcore than i am like i haven't even deployed in the 11 years and i don't even feel like a veteran <laughs> but but uh the fact that you were able to accomplish that it's just awesome and that's that's just i didn't know that about you either uh before when i reached out to you to be on here and oh, so like yeah. the more the more i'm learning about you i'm like yeah we're gonna have to do another episode this is oh okay. so it's awesome yeah we need yeah more so i was the maintenance like company commander actually so like i had you know mechanics in my in my company mm -hmm. and we fixed weapons and equipment and all of that and they deployed and you know um but yeah like that is the most intimidating rooms i've ever been in were there for sure like oh, i imagine I, I know a lot of 
men in the army who um, you probably perceive them as pretty hardcore guys. And then they get into those, that alpha situation, the alpha dog. And they're, um, they just don't fit. And they're like, I don't want to, it's just, I don't like that environment. So the fact that you not only just made it through that, but excelled really says a lot about your character. Like that, that metal you have is, is tough. And a, a lot of people can learn from you. And that's just incredible. I'm, I'm just blown away. I really appreciate that. And I'll tell you, like, honestly, what I told myself, what I told like leaders in my company, what I told, you know, this, like when I was on the staff, like the staff officers that I worked with was just, you know, be an expert, like at what you're doing and don't worry about, you know, like understanding what their experiences or what, mm -hmm. you know, like trying to be an expert. You're not an expert in what they're doing, but they're not an expert in what you're doing either. So that was sort of just that ability to just be like, okay, take a step back. Like you can do this because you are an expert in your own field and that's why you're here. So that took a yeah. lot of the like pressure off then. We were like, they don't expect you to train partner forces. They expect you to fix mm -hmm. their stuff. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Take, taking ownership of, of your role. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And then I think that out, even outside of the army and outside of leadership positions, just taking ownership of your role. Um, and I think the way you do that is, is through accountability and it's yeah. not just for your, your actions, the things that you do, but it's for the thoughts that you have. And, or, and when you tell yourself, I'm going to do this and then you don't like, you can't just brush that under the rug. You have to say like, Oh crap. Why didn't I do that? Why did I say that I was committed and I wasn't? That kind of leads me right into what I want to talk about next is like, tell me everything you know about setting goals. Well, yeah. So that is, <laughs> <laughs> that is a great question. And like, I want to know everything. Like I know yeah. we're going to have like five episodes on this. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Yeah. So that is, and I, I think I told you, I was like, I could talk about goal setting for so long because you know, when you initially think about setting goals, you're like, it's going to be this mark on the wall that I'm going to get there. Uh, you know, and you have this positive mentality that slowly over time, if you don't, haven't done the research or you haven't really decided that you're going to sacrifice something to get to that point, you just slowly fritter it away. Like that's why people don't meet their goals at the end of the day. They're like, I, you know, I want to run a marathon and they're like, but it's cold and my knees hurt. And you know, like the, the bus was late to bring my kids home today. So I didn't get to run as long as I wanted because I had to wait on them. And then, you know, so you slowly over time, you, you let yourself make excuses to yourself. And we all deal with that. Like I deal with that all the time. Like I'm like, Oh, it's cold. I don't want to run. Or, mm -hmm. you know, they canceled the four o'clock CrossFit class. I don't want to go at five because then dinner's going to be late. You just slowly talk yourself out of it over time. So that is how not to achieve your goals. Right. So, but how to achieve them is to say, these are, you know, at least to prioritize, honestly, like, so if I can say like one word, how to achieve your goals, it's put them in priority order and then mm -hmm. figure out what you're willing to give up to meet that priority checklist. Like think about it like a budget, basically. Like you're like, here's how much, you know, the ability that I have to spend. Like you're like, I only have this many hours in the day. I need this much for sleep. I need this much for work. And then I'm left over with this. So in that time, let me prioritize what I'm going to do to achieve my goals in that time. So yeah, in one word, prioritize is how people achieve their goals. So, so as you're talking about, is it's like a budget. So my wife says that um, 
anytime I, the way I understand things and explain things is all through metaphors and it's true because I'm completely a visual person. Yeah. So <laughs> I, the way I would say it, it's like you have um, a budget, you have cash, right? Currency, money, and you only have so much. And so yeah. you prioritize, prioritize where you put that money. Like, right. Like first thing I'm going to do is pay for my, my mortgage payment. So I don't, right. I have a roof over my head. Then I'm going to pay for the utility. So we have power and heat yeah. and then I'm going to pay for food. And then, you know, you go down to where it's, okay, I want this candy bar or whatever. Yeah. No, I, I don't have any money left for that. Right. So I think if, when you're setting goals, what I'm hearing you say is it's almost as if you have an emotional or a mental currency, like how much are you able to, to give? Yeah. How much do you have to spend, right? Right. And you've got to give other. You got to budget that emotional currency, and give up things that candy bar, right? Yeah. So that you can keep that like the roof over your head, which for your absolutely. goal. Yeah. Yep. That's absolutely true. And like, so for goal setting, it's like, do you want to spend your time building your website or talking to you know like this like being on a podcast talking about what you do or do you want to spend it out out to dinner with your friends or out for drinks or you know like watching yeah, budget your time and yeah this movie like so yeah. it really is it's how you're budgeting that time and if you don't have the mental bandwidth to do something like i was telling you i was like my in-laws are over you know when we were like initially trying to set a date for like to mm -hmm. talk on a podcast i was like hey my in-laws are here like it's not going to happen because i was like i haven't seen that we see them once a year i need to like prioritize that mental bandwidth to like figure out a time to like do something. So I think the earlier you can kind of work through that, the more successful you'll be. Like if you're, it's the last minute, it's five o'clock and you're like, I haven't worked out yet, but also I haven't made dinner for my family and I haven't gotten ready for tomorrow. Like you're probably not going to meet your fitness goal for that day because you like are maxed out on that personal mental capacity and you're out of time too. So you know, it just depends on how much you're willing to sacrifice to achieve. How important is that to right. you? Right. Yeah. Is if it's the number one priority, it's going to come first. Yeah. In, in your to-do list of things you have to do that day. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I like that. So we might be kind of beating a dead horse here with this question, but talking about giving up on our goals, right? Why we don't achieve goals. Mm -hmm. So not, maybe not specifically to goals, but we quit, right? Everybody quits eventually. Yeah. We all have, we all do. Oh yeah. It's yeah. a choice that we make. Um, why do we make, why do you think people quit? Why do we make that choice? Yeah. Well, so I think that, uh, like I talked about the, you know, the easiest way to quit obviously is to like slowly fritter it away to just be like, mm, it's, you know, let yourself make excuses it, because we talk ourselves out of it. And it's that same imposter syndrome brain that's like talking to you to talk you out of something it's just because honestly we quit because we didn't want to sacrifice any additional like there was like this amount that we thought we would have to give up to achieve our goal and then actually it turned into like this larger amount but we weren't prepared to give that larger amount to achieve that goal um so that's where we fell um so it's maybe not prior planning, or it's also just life gets in the way, like things happen, things get in the way. And if you let those be setbacks, you know, if they, if you, those things let you quit, then, then you kind of know that about yourself. But I say all the time, and I tell my clients, like, they'll be like, I had a bad day. I missed a workout. 
I failed like at that. And I'm like, you only fail when you stop trying. So it, you know, it's only over when it's over. Um, you always have tomorrow. You can always start again. You can always, you know, kind of pick up and start where you are and just keep pushing. Um, so you can quit and you can give up, but you can get up tomorrow and try again and make it happen. I really like that answer. I like you say that you only quit when you, or you only fail when you, you quit. quit. Yeah. So you, you either fail or you learn. Exactly. We, I think failure is our greatest teacher. Yeah. If, yeah. if we're willing to see it as that and not identify with the failure, the things that we fell at and say, I fell at this. I suck. I'm a failure. I'm not yeah. worth fighting for. Yeah. So how, how can we use fitness to overcome trauma? Yeah. So that's, that's a really good question. And that is honestly my, like, uh, one of my, honestly, one of my favorite things to like talk about with people just well, tell me everything about it. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> in the so, next 15 minutes before you yeah. go like, you know, the real world. Yeah, before my daughter comes in and is like, hello, <laughs> <Right>. yeah. <laughs> what's going on in here? Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, so honestly, um, fitness for several of my clients. And then also for me is just a way to, uh, separate your day, um, separate, you know, sort of separate your day, like we talked about, but also separate yourself, um, from everything that's going on around you because fitness is something that is, you're relying on your body. You're, you know, releasing endorphins, you're triggering your hormones, you're making all of sort of these biological things happen inside you when you're working out that change your mental, uh, map you know, basically the electrical impulses in your brain, what's going on in your brain are getting rewired every time you're working out. So for those people that are overcoming um, mental health disorders, trauma, like any of those sort of mental issues that are making you focus on something other than your physical being, like you're fighting this battle in your mind. But if you can use fitness as a way to sort of, you know, get your body working, it's stimulating your brain to rewire itself and work through those issues. So um, some of the people that I've worked with that have undergone, like um, one of my favorite, one of my favorite clients that I've been working with the longest, she went through multiple pregnancy losses, uh, like multiple miscarriages and was like, I just need to do something for myself to like get back on track sort of for me and just was dealing with so much depression and sadness. And she was just, and I, you know, I was just like, well, you reached out because obviously you want to work with someone physical to like get your body moving, get out of the rut that you're stuck in. And I was like, let's just start with like, just walking like 15 minutes a day, just like walk. And during that time, you know, if you are working through something mentally with that loss, you know, I'm not a psychologist, I'm just a personal trainer, but I was like, whatever you're working through mentally, take that time and just, you know, work through that and then just focus on something that, you know, either focus on nothing or focus on something separate from it. And over time, you know, she's sort of, she's followed, it's been a year long journey for her and she's decided to become a certified personal trainer now too, because she found so much enjoyment in that and it helps her overcome that trauma. Um, So as, that is, you know, that's sort of one of my favorites because it really does. It just rewires your brain and gives you a break from those things that you're dealing with. And if you're in a place that you're working out by yourself, no one's judging you. No one is seeing that person that has gone through all those things, all that trauma. 
it's just you and the road or the weights or, you know, uh, the treadmill and that ability to just be like, I'm going to take a step outside of the sort of thought process I'm just stuck in and work through something. So, yeah. That's awesome. So I've, I know there was a study done, um, I believe it was by Harvard and they talked about reprogramming your brain uh, by having gratitude. Um, in the army, they, we call it, it's resiliency training. One of the, the oh. sections, that, you know, hunt the good stuff, right? Yeah. Write down yeah. three good things that happen every single day. Right. And in three weeks time, the synapses in your brain start to reform. So you're no longer in survival mode looking for threats and things that harm you. You're not focusing on that. You're focusing on good. Um, yeah. And over time, you start looking for things to be able to write down. Yeah. You start hunting that. You literally like, oh, what? A, ooh, can I write that down? I can write that down. Yeah. Um, and so it sounds like fitness does something very similar to that. It takes your mind off of the pain and puts it, your focus on something positive and you start focusing on positive things rather than your suffering. Yeah, absolutely. And then especially if you, so, you know, you can start to just get started. Like you can start working out anytime. You can go for a walk. You can, you know, lift some dumbbells in your garage. You can, you know, just do some crunches. But if you set a goal related to that and you're focusing all of that energy and that, you know, that sort of mental bandwidth that you've built up at this point, you know, on achieving that goal with your fitness, you're so much more likely to be successful and work towards overcoming that trauma or that, you know, that issue that you're working through. So it's creating, like you, you're basically creating a good thing to hunt for. Like if, so like for, for example, like you're like, I'm working on my flexibility. You're like, so that like, that's for me because of like we, what we talked about my feet and all that. So I was like, I'm working on getting flexibility back. And every day I'm like, I'm getting a little bit closer to that. So that's exciting. It's not some profound, like I'm going to deadlift 400 pounds goal. It's like, I'm working on this one specific thing and I'm taking tiny steps each day towards it. And it's really hard to fail when you're just taking tiny steps towards something you know, um, it's not like you can set bigger goals. You can set more ambitious, like crazy ones. And maybe you do fail, but you just get back up and try something different. Like we said, you learn a thousand ways not to make a light bulb, then you learn a thousand ways not to deadlift 400 pounds, <laughs> but you are still working towards something and you're, and you're learning. So that's why I'm so passionate about that goal-based fitness mentality too. Um, so start where you are. And then, you know, once you've created a routine, set a goal and then work slowly towards something that you feel that you are willing to sacrifice to achieve. And that is, you know, it's going to be that positive thing in your life that gets you going, that gets you through what you're going, going through. That's a great answer. I, I love you're talking about, small goals, like learning how to be more flexible. Yeah. Right. Like not, I'm going to join the U S Olympic gymnast team. Right. Yeah. You know? Like, you're like, like <laughs> it's something like that. Right. It's yeah. I want to be able to bend over and touch my toes without hurting my back. Right. Right. Exactly. And yeah. I, I probably need to like get some pointers from you because I'm about as flexible as a spaghetti noodle and, <laughs> and not, I'm not a rubber band. And I'm just, I just, the, the unboiled kind, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm yeah. Just not, not, yeah. 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 <laughs> like a lasagna noodle, a raw <laughs> lasagna noodle. <laughs> just shattered. <laughs> That's how I feel. But yes, but I like that the, the step-by-step goals because you can see the progress that you're making. So maybe it's, yeah, I want to be able to touch my toes and not want to die afterwards. 
Right. And then, yeah. and then you're, you, know, you get to that point and it's like, okay, now I want to be able to curl my fingers around the edge of my toes. Right. Right. And so you yeah. see like, oh, okay, if I keep doing this, I can make progress. Yeah. But when we come in and say uh, it's New Year's, right? that's kind of why, why I wanted to have you on is to talk about this because yeah. uh, I think the, for the most part, New Year's resolutions are the dumbest thing ever. It's more like wishes, right? Yeah. You're more like saying like, yeah. I wish that I had a six pack, right? Like I remember saying that when I, when I was younger and um, I've never had a six pack and I never, probably never will, but it's because I'm, but I can't just wish it. Like say right. this, I got to yeah. put in the work. I got to have the plan. I got to have that commitment to get it. Yep. I change my diet. I got to give up soda. I got to give up carbs. Like my two favorite things in the world are soda and carbs. It's yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Like right. I, that's the sacrifice that I have to make. Exactly. And I'm not, <laughs> if you're not willing to do it, then you're just wishing. Right. And then you'll just feel worse when you don't do it because you're you like, feel like a failure. Right. Yep. Exactly. Right. You didn't learn from it. You didn't learn from that failure. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you, you just, you either ignore it, which is, doesn't help, or you identify with it. Like, you know, I'm a fat right. ass. I like soda. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And then you're just like, I, I don't have a growth mindset anymore because I yeah. wasn't willing to sacrifice it. It's like, was it really that important to you though? Like to begin with, like if it was that important to you, yeah. you could have sacrificed those things. And you're like, well, I'm not willing to make that sacrifice. And it's like, well, maybe adjust your goal. And then you'll feel really excited about what, you know, because you can, eat carbs and drink soda and do these things and still be able to have like a significant strength goal. But yeah, you might just not have your six pack showing through, but the strength will be there underneath. Mm-hmm. How important is the visual aspect to you? Yeah. You know, yeah. so. well, that's kind of what it's all about. Cause at a point in time, I think I had a six pack underneath the keg. But... Oh yeah. <laughs> well, most people do. Probably. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. but, but, but yeah, that, that physical appearance part, right. Yeah. Are you willing to dedicate yourself and commit yourself to achieving that. And I think that's how everything works in life that unless you put in the work, you're just wishing. And I think it's the same way. Like when you, if you pray and you ask God for a miracle and you don't move and you just expect whatever it is to happen, it's like rubbing the the genie's lamp and saying, God, I wish for a million dollars. Right. Right. And he's like, well, okay, well let's come up with a plan to help you make it. Yeah. You're not going to have a lottery ticket fall into your lap. Right. And even then you got to go cash it out. (laughs) You got to get up and move. If you want things to happen, you have to take action without action. Nothing happens. Nothing changes. If nothing changes. Absolutely. Um, so what I'm working, I'm working on, um, researching for a thesis right now on what is a realistic timeframe to set a goal in? Like what timeframe do people actually achieve goals based on, you know, like, is it eight weeks? Is it six months? Is it a year? And that's why I hate New Year's resolutions. Cause it's like, where do you want to be in one year? That's a really hard amount of time for someone to internalize. And I'm not done my research yet, but if you have me on in the spring, we'll talk about yeah. what, what time frame makes you, sense. You have an open invitation. I, yeah, yeah. Just like- <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't think it's one year. Like I, yeah. No, I don't so like either. what I've researched so far and like what I've found so far is that it's not one year. That is not a realistic time frame because I've had three weeks would be my guess. Yeah, yeah. That's but about I, how I, could I, be wrong. Too. I have no idea. I'm super excited to find out what it is though. And, and I yeah, think it's I just think it's that way because oh. because of the whole hunt the good stuff thing, they say three weeks. Yeah. It takes three weeks to form a habit, right? Yeah. So and I've heard it, that definitely. Yeah. And maybe that maybe it's similar to the hunting the good stuff thing, like habit hab, forming habits, you're reprogramming your brain. Right. And those synapses have to have time to, to form. 
Yeah. I don't know. That might have been the dumbest thing anybody's ever said, or I'm no, like, was, I'm a closet I, genius. I don't know. Yeah, I think. But. Well, in June, I'll let you know if you're right. All right. Well, if I'm, <laughs> if I'm right, I'm going to feel like the <laughs> smartest man in the world. <laughs> yeah, I know. There's neuroscientists out there working on it, and yeah. you know, social scientists too. So we'll see what's going on with all that. Yeah, but that's, that, that yeah. sounds really interesting. I'd love to hear about it, and well, I definitely yeah. want to have you back on and talk about it. Definitely. So that, maybe that's your resolution: is to come up with a an episode worth of content on that and we'll have you on there's on that, time frame. i'm gonna give yeah. you your resume your <laughs> yeah, <thanks. laughs> yeah definitely. i'm really good at telling people what to do I yeah but <laughs> anybody listening to your podcast do not wrap yourself around the idea of like a resolution of no this year i'm gonna do this like set an achievable goal and let it snowball into something greater like if i can achieve mm-hmm. this small goal let me make a slightly larger one you know that would be yeah that's my Step advice. baby steps right yeah, <laughs> yeah you don't learn to you don't learn to sprint as a baby you you roll over, you crawl, you stand up, you just, you walk, you stumble, and you fall, but you keep getting up. Exactly. Like, no one tells a child it's time for you to learn to walk. Like it, it just happens naturally within, right. within a little kid. They have that just that intrinsic desire to do it because it's the this is how we're wired. Yeah. And, I, yeah. and maybe we lose that wiring, or we get we become reprogrammed depending on our situation. I don't know. There's a lot, there's a lot of psychology in that. It'd be fascinating to talk about. I'd love to hear Definitely. about it. Definitely. Yeah. But the last question I want to ask is let's pretend that whatever you say in the next 30 seconds will be heard and understood by every single living person on the face of this earth. What would you say in that 30 seconds? So I would say don't let who you know in your heart you can be, be stopped by who you are right now. Figure out what you're willing to sacrifice to be that person that you feel like you're growing into and just do it. Like, don't let anything hold you back. You know, if you believe that you can be something or that you can do something, you're never too old. It's never too late. You're never too fat. You're never, you know, you're never too anything to achieve, to be that person that you feel you are meant to be. So just get up, start where you are and go be that person. That's what I would say. Like, don't let anything stop you. Figure out what it means to be that person and go do it. Well, that's awesome. That's great advice. And hopefully I can get this to all seven and a half billion of us. (laughs) I really appreciate your time. I really appreciate your, just your wisdom and sharing this. Like you're an incredible human being. And thank you. I I just, I'm so excited to publish this episode and hopefully it'll help some people and uh, let them know that they matter and that they care. Yeah. Cause that's, that's what this is all about is that I just want everyone to understand that you matter. What you're going through matters. Your suffering matters, not just because it's an opportunity for you to grow, but it's an opportunity for other people to grow as well by asking them for the help that you need. Absolutely. And yeah. you have offered a lot of help to people. I'm sure you have me. I feel like I've grown. I feel enlightened and I like want to go set some goals. Yeah. Well, and I've been th- I'm thinking about the goals that I like, my wishes, right? My new year right. wishes. And I'm like, okay, which ones do I want to give up? And which ones do I want to do? So yeah. I'm definitely inspired. I'm definitely motivated to be better. Oh, well, thank you. And thank you so much for asking good questions too. That's, well, it's awesome. And for doing what you're doing and bringing, you know, like bringing your experience to people too. 